It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroth, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Happy Valentine's Day, Bengals fans, and if you're listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast, I hope you're going into work or you're on your way to get some flowers or some chocolate. Just use this as a reminder. That being said, we do have some light news to get into today. Todd Grantham reportedly is going to be the guy the Bengals are focusing on for defensive coordinator. Ian Rappaport tweeted this morning, yesterday morning, by the time this comes out, that the Bengals have narrowed their defensive coordinator search to focus on Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, and he's back in the building this morning. This is Wednesday. The only question is, can the Bengals and new coach Zach Taylor pull him away from UF, where, as I've mentioned in a previous podcast, he's one of the highest-paid coordinators, highest-paid assistant coaches in all of the college ranks. So this is something Paul Daner actually mentioned. Uh, Zach Taylor won't be getting paid as much as Marvin Lewis, who is one of the highest-paid coaches in the NFL just because of his tenure. Zach Taylor ostensibly took a pay cut. We don't, I don't think, have the details on those figures. They don't seem to come out as, as readily as some of the player contracts. But I think the Bengals have planned for spending most of their, or the highest amount on a coach at the defensive coordinator position because they knew they were bringing in Zach Taylor, this offensive guy, to, to be the head coach, and he's going to be calling the plays. So, Joe, uh, we know a little bit about Grant, and we've talked a little bit about him, something about a three-man front. What do you think about all this as it progresses? Yeah, I would be interested if that's the area or direction they're focusing on for this future defense. Uh, I think... You know, when we look, when we think about three-man fronts, four-man fronts, I don't get too caught up in that. I think every team sends their four best pass rushers most of the game. It doesn't matter what position they're actually labeled as. It, you send your four best guys to to rush. You've got two linebackers or one. Some now it seems modern offenses will have a safety at that spot or defenses. I'm sorry, will have a safety at that spot and let them cover. And then you've got your five defensive backs and do what you want with them. So for me, 
you don't have to get overcomplicated with three, four, four, three. I think when you look at colleges, it, the hard part is that most of them aren't a three-man front because they're dealing with spread offenses. And I think that's part of the reason why they struggle sometimes when you see an Alabama team that's going to run it down your throat is because now you're playing with four defensive linemen, maybe even three linebackers, and it just that's not what they do 90% of the time in college football. So I don't know that it directly means they're going to be running a, a three-man line with with Todd Grantham, and I don't think it affects what they do. If it's a three, if it's a three-four defense, that's a one-gap defense. You might as well call it a four-three. Now, and that's what Grantham mostly runs. Now, if it was a two-gapping, and what I mean by that, the difference basically is think of it this way. It can get more technical than this, but think of it this way: one gap, each each guy in that front seven has a gap, and they're responsible for it. Uh, Geno Atkins is going to shoot his gap and try and create havoc. A two-gap, you want your big nose tackle basically to take on the center and be responsible for his right shoulder and left shoulder, the gaps next to him. So he's going to not penetrate. He's going to lock that guy up, and if the running back goes either way, he's going to take him, and that'll free your linebackers up to make plays. The one gap is where the teams are going, the three, four teams are going in today's NFL. It's Wade Phillips. It's what Denver does with Vaughn Miller. Even though Vaughn Miller is listed as an outside linebacker, he is a – edge player and he has defensive end responsibilities because they all have one gap responsibilities so uh and that's what grantham brings so in my mind it wouldn't change much at all we don't have to get crazy whoa they need a nose tackle or they need another defensive end no i think you've got the personnel i just think it gives you an opportunity to be more creative in your nickel packages and maybe disguise who's coming a little bit more which i'm all for and i think the best defenses in this league have that advantage and remain multiple in those situations. And if that's what he can bring, then okay, let's do it. Yeah. And when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, these are guys that are so perfect from pre-snap to post-snap that tricking them is very difficult, but that's how you get them to make mistakes. And often that's how you can beat them. Uh, The other thing that'll be interesting to see is how he carries himself. He's got a reputation as a pretty cantankerous guy. He's not stayed in most of his jobs for a very long time, which means maybe people like him enough to hire him, but don't necessarily want to keep him around. I don't know. That's all speculative. But with the Jim Turner hire, and then looking at Grantham as another guy that has this reputation of being a little bit abrasive, uh, this kind of, for me, intuitively, I question how that fits in with the culture. And I'm, I'm reserving judgment. I'm just saying I have some questions about how these guys are going to fit in. So we'll have to see how they talk to the media, how they handle the players. And I hope it all works out. Uh, and, and I hope it produces the product that we, that we want to see on the field. Because as, as I said yesterday, it's the football field results that win football games that most football fans care about. And culture always seems to fall uh, kind of to the secondary concern. And culture can be molded by winning. So... You know, I, you look at the the Patriots, and Josh McDaniels isn't known as a great guy or a great human, and Bill Belichick can be abrasive at times to the media, uh, but they win, so you know that inside the building they have the culture that everyone looks for. So I think going into this, we look at it like there's potential for this team to struggle not only for a year, maybe two years, and if you combine that with, Coaches that you, from the outside at least, don't feel are putting the best foot forward in terms of culture and creating the the path to winning, well, then that's when outsiders, fans, analysts, whoever you may be, uh, will start to question it and start to quickly, well, this isn't our guy. So 
first things first is, is it the right hire and will they win because of it? And if that's the case, then we will look past a lot of things. And John Sharon, friend of the show, made a good point that if they can't close a deal on Grantham, is that starting to be an indictment? That's three defensive coordinators now that would have come into Cincinnati and been hypothetically offered a deal and turned it down. My my take on this is that maybe some of those guys weren't cultural fits, and maybe that is an alternative explanation, but it's not necessarily good optics if you have three defensive coordinators turn you down. It is not, and it's one of the fears we have you know we're we get defensive sometimes when we have our own fears about ourselves and for the Bengals that is that we are a second class organization that can't attract free agents or coaches and when you get turned down a few times not just by defensive coordinators but uh, Frank Pollock wanted out in the offensive line Uh, Jim Hazlitt was offered the opportunity to interview as the head coach and he turned them down and Josh McDaniels turned them down for an interview request uh, to be their head coach. So all of that compiled together in one offseason, it makes you feel a little bit like those fears are realized. Yeah, and, and there are a few articles out there, if you look for them, and I don't recommend it, that you know give Zach Taylor the worst grade out of any offseason coaching hire and you know the Bengals were the least attractive spot for any head coach this offseason. So... All that negative stuff is out there and and it's floating around. So as Bengals fans, you know, we just kind of have to take it and and think of it as Zach Taylor is talking about the right things. He knows these guys. We have to have some faith that it's going to work out or it becomes a pretty miserable fanhood. Let's not go that route. I think it's always been a case of playing the lottery here at at quarter or head coach, I'm sorry, and hoping they strike gold and get the right guy. I mean, because... They weren't going to ever attract a big name. And I don't think there was many in this draft or this uh, coaching cycle. But at the same time, they were never going to attract whoever that number one guy was. So uh, whoever they were going to hire, it would be a case of, well, we're hoping for the best. Right. One other piece of news today. Joe Flacco has been traded to the Denver Broncos for what's reported to be, I believe, a fourth round pick. I don't know if that's been finalized at the time of recording. So the Broncos are moving on from Case Keenum. Flacco is probably a bridge quarterback for them. Most Broncos fans are kind of questioning Elway here because Flacco, despite having won a Super Bowl, generally not what you're looking for in a quarterback in the NFL anymore. It does kind of set a floor for Andy Dalton's trade value if the Bengals choose to explore that. I think that he has a better contract and is a better player than Joe Flacco. Joe, any other thoughts on this? He's out of the AFC yeah. North. That means it's Lamar Jackson. That is. That, yeah, first for the Ravens, that means completely Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I think they not only – I think we can look at this a little bit from Bengals fans if the Bengals are looking to move on from Andy Dalton this year or the next year and start over at quarterback. Uh, that's one way to do it is to rip the Band-Aid off and then draft the guy or draft the guy and let them compete sort of for a year while the, while the young guy gets ready and then – you move on in the way the Ravens did. But I do think Dalton's better than Joe Flacco. I think he is younger, better contract. I'd give up more for him than what the Broncos did for Flacco, which is if it's a fourth-round pick, does that mean you can get a third for Andy Dalton? Does it mean you can get a second? I think we're all hopeful that's what it means. Uh, At the same time, I think, again, for the Ravens, 
moving forward with just Lamar Jackson. Maybe they bring back RG3. Maybe they draft a guy or sign a guy that they think could run a similar offense, and then you build it completely around it. I've talked about this before. Typically, teams like to find a backup that's similar to their starter so that they have one type of offense only. Um, so maybe you bring... I don't want to bring up the name. Maybe you bring Colin Kaepernick because I only bring that up because I think that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been picked up also around the league because you would run more of a, you know, an option offense with him to help him out a little bit. And I think that would help the Ravens if you did that, but there aren't many options for them to pick up a backup. That's going to be similar to Lamar Jackson for the Bengals getting Joe Flacco out of the division. They went on one versus Jackson. I always felt comfortable going against Flacco like Andy Dalton against Flacco you felt like you had the rare quarterback advantage but Geno Atkins and that pressure up the middle moving Flacco off from his spot I think killed him every time they played and now you don't have that and it makes you feel a little bit worse about where the Bengals sit in the division even though we knew Lamar Jackson was going to be the guy for a while now I think setting in that the Ravens and the Browns took their quarterbacks last year they feel the future's bright, whether that works out for either one of those teams or not. You know, they they at least right now are moving with a plan and moving forward with the, with those picks. Uh, and I think we're looking at it like we didn't have the same advantages over two teams in this division that, that the Bengals have had. And, and there's another strike against this team, I, you know, in the way you're feeling right now going into the offseason for the Bengals. Um, I think the Broncos, though, are out of their damn minds. I think they're going to spend a lot on quarterback this year, whether they're cutting Case Keenum or trading him. It's going to be a big hit to their cap. I think their 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 quarterback room is going to be very very expensive. But I don't think that precludes them from drafting a quarterback at number ten because I, I look last year at the Cardinals and they brought on Sam Bradford and Mike Lennon in, in the free agency, and then they still drafted Rosen. So it doesn't matter what you're spending or what you're doing that first year. If as long as you get the quarterback and you always remain open to that quarterback. And if you get your guy and we don't know if Rosen's a guy for the Cardinals, but by the time they're ready to to compete year two, year three, those quarterbacks are off the books, those veteran guys. So it really doesn't matter. They, they, it looks like they try to have an insurance plan with some veterans. And if that's what the Broncos are following, I still think number 10 pick is wide open for a quarterback. I think it might even signal that they're definitely taking a quarterback, or they they intend sure. to. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair, and that those that may be the strongest rumor pre-draft we have right now for linking um, team to to player, and that's Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. That was a man. That was a strong talk every night at the Senior Bowl, um, and it continued to be strong even on bigger me- media news outlets out there that that's a very likely pairing and. I could see it. I just wonder, John Elway, man, over the years now of making quarterback decisions has been very shaky. Uh, I wouldn't feel very strong about it if I was a Broncos fan. But we are not on this podcast, Joe. After the break, Royal Redlegs Ryan Coyle joins us to draft superheroes to play football. This is my dream right here. This is a great mix between two things. I can't wait for this. And we'll talk a little bit about the Bengals, too. Ryan is a great offensive line draft evaluator, so we'll talk a little bit about that with Ryan as well. We'll see you after the break. And remember, it's Valentine's Day. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. 
If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out. The nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. And we are back. To the part that you guys are all waiting for, probably, and we're going to draft superheroes to start a football team. Uh, we've got Ryan Coyle here from Twitter at Royal Redlegs. Follow him; he's great for general Bengals talk, but especially I value his opinion on the offensive line. And we'll maybe we'll talk some draft prospects after we get through this draft. Uh, we're gonna now. The baseline here is. They got to be from Marvel or DC, so we're not doing any of the image or, or any comic like that. No Ninja Turtles, no Hellboy. Uh, we're just gonna go with the the two most popular. No villains, so they they have to be heroes this time. Maybe one day we'll do villains also. But uh, the draft order has been set. Jake, what is it? It is Ryan, then me, then you. Okay, so Ryan's gonna lead us off. And he's got a draft board set just like I do. I'm sure Jake doesn't have anything prepared at all. But, okay, Ryan, kick us off. All right. Uh, after much deliberation, I'm going to make the first pick, uh, the Hulk. The Hulk, The, the Hulk. You're not worried about him going crazy or, or not listening to you? Uh, I'm a Bengals fan. We got Vontez Perfect. Little things <laughs> right. can't hurt you sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, with the Hulk off the board, I'm taking the only god on this list and it is thor damn it yeah you can't i mean he's gonna throw lightning at you if you're in his way what are you gonna do about that well the hulk will just get madder and madder and stronger and stronger i think every time thor and the hulk have fought thor won writer's choice all right all right all right so i have back-to-back picks then because it's serpentine correct that's right um my first pick then third pick of the first round is going to be the flash barry allen and i'm doing that because 
he's the fastest person in all of comics. And I, I don't think you'd be able to cover him. Uh, if you did, he'd reverse time and try it again. And I think that's a weapon that is unmatched in this game. Uh, next, I'm going to take... And I'm going to steal Jake's idea yesterday. We were talking about this a little bit. Oh, I'm no. going with Doctor Strange. No. And I'm going with Doctor Strange because after we talked about it, it made too much sense if he's your quarterback with his level of intelligence, uh, the way he could place the ball or fake out safeties. Imagine him running play action or putting a decoy out there, opening up portals. You're throwing it to the right. A portal opens. The ball's actually going to the left as the safety's moving to the right. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange is a great idea, and I'm stealing this directly from Jake. Oh, man. Put a real wrench in my plans here, Joe. <laughs> All right. I also wanted the Flash. You took you took my next two, which maybe I should have been more prepared for, but I don't have a big board like you guys. So I'm going off script here, and uh, I'm going to take Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick? You're trying to match with the Flash then, huh? Oh, yeah. I want a speedster. I want that okay. speed force in my, in my team, and Jesse She's... Quick is the only one I can think of right now. She's still going to cover him. Brian, you're up. Two picks. My uh, my next pick will be uh, Superman. Next on my board, also a good pick. And then the following pick after that, I'm actually going to go ahead and take my quarterback, a sleeper pick, I think, and that's Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye nice. never back. Going for accuracy over everything else here. No tricks. Nothing like that. Just every time, 100% completion. That's actually pretty interesting. First two rounds, then, in the books. That's good. I, I, again, feel very all over the place. I feel like you guys have a have a plan going on. You guys got your franchise quarterbacks. So I'm looking for a quarterback now. Oh, man. Who's my quarterback? Oh, you're scrambling. Can, 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 can Jean Grey, is her telekinesis good enough to play quarterback? Sure. Sure, Gene Gray yeah. to play quarterback. I like it, especially because, see, I have her listed on my board as the Phoenix because that's her stronger personality. So you're getting not only Gene Gray the psychic, but you're getting potentially the strongest person in the Marvel Universe. Ryan, would you agree? Uh, she's definitely up there, especially if you're not including the cosmic entities. and Right. You're talking exactly. just straight heroes. Yeah, the Phoenix is top Yeah, two. she'd be tough. Good pick. Okay, I got two picks now, ending the third round. I'm going to take Spider-Man, mostly because uh, he's cool, but I think his agility, speed, intelligence, and he'd be just so hard to hit in a lot of ways. I, he'd probably be a good running back or corner. So I'm taking Spider-Man. I've got another pick now. Let me look at this real quick. Oh, yes. I love sitting at the top of this board here. I'm going to go with the Vision. And I'm doing so because I think he would be an excellent defender, uh, especially as a pass rusher, phasing directly right through your offensive lineman and hitting Jean Grey before she can get rid of the ball. Yeah, but can he phase through psychic barriers? I don't know. That's, I that's the so. question. <laughs> I, I assume not. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with he can't. All right. I'm. I'm gonna go uh, back to the traditional books. And I'm building a team of strong women here, I think is my theme. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go Wonder Woman. She was next on my board, so that's a good pick. Yeah, she was right there on mine as well. She can play all over the field, multi talented, yeah. very versatile. Offense or defense, I think. 
Ryan, Ryan you're up. You, you, you got two, two picks. more picks. All right, I am uh, going to go with uh, Mr. Fantastic. Mmm. Going At for the, rec- the the receiver DB aspect there, ball skills, jumping up. Ain't yeah. Nobody's going to out jump him for anything. Intelligence. Yeah, yep. I, I think you're on that there. You're a length guy, huh? I'm taking my AJ Green. All right, you got another pick then. Oh, okay, this is where I'm going to get fun with it, I think. I think now I'm going to look at Nightcrawler. Ooh. That was, that was my next pick. Good pick. I like it. Oh, man, now we're back on me. This is the last. Or no, there's no, two more picks, right? Round. Yeah, you've okay. got two more. Oh, man. Oh, this is so stressful, you guys. All right, I'm I'm going Captain America. Put him at running back. Give him a oh, shield. Hope it works out. That's true. With the shield also, defenders just bouncing off him. I like it. Okay, I want um, some big uglies. I've got a bunch of speed guys, agile guys. I'm going to go with first the thing and then beast. Give me two guys that I, I believe either offense or defensive line. Those are some powerhouses for me. Right up there. I'm next on my list. And you're back up. Jake. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. This All is right. your last one now. Uh, well, you know what? Tony Stark is a brilliant guy. He He's going to be my playing coach. And uh, he's going to bring all the gadget plays and the gadgets. And so so Tony Stark is where I'm going to finish up. Iron Man. And Ryan. Last pick. I'm going to go with the Wolverine. That's fun. That is my Maurice Jones-Drew, my running back. Do you have anyone else on your board, Ryan? I just want to um, compare a few. What do you have left? My top person right now is Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Uh, my top person left is Green Lantern. Ah, good one. I have Green Lantern out there. You know who else I have? A couple guys that, if we want a couple more rounds, Beta Ray Bill, because I think that'd be a nice match versus Thor. Uh, Silver Surfer. And I also have Luke Cage up there because I think he'd be a good defensive lineman. I have uh, Aquaman. On there, mm-hmm. I have Storm is uh, actually right behind Green Lantern for me. Nice. I figure if, uh, depending on who I'm playing against, might want some uh, weather working in my favor. Uh, I got uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, Quicksilver. Uh, I threw Groot and Ant-Man on there as well. I have Ant-Man also because I think not only him shrinking down would be very hard to find and tackle, but also growing to be giant man at the same time. Yeah. All right. If you had to pick a coach then out of who's left, who are you going with? If I had to pick a coach now? Yeah. Oh, professor X. Oh yeah. He's my coach. That's a good pick. Oh yeah. J- Jake, you got anybody? Well, I drafted my playing coach, Tony Stark. Uh, and also yeah. I've captain America. He's my team captain, obviously. Yeah. I'd go with Batman then if I could at this point, because I don't, I don't think I want Batman on the squad, but He's like the Bill Belichick. If you give him enough time, I think he'll come up with a scheme to beat you. I had a coach's separate uh, coach big board as well. Yeah, a separate coach big board as well. Yeah. <laughs> Deep. My board goes 79 players, just so you know, and even though we were only going to select 18. I went 24 just so uh, in case every single player I won, I got drafted by everyone else. would still be extras. <laughs> so, so real uh, quick, what's the biggest reach? 
Yours was Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick, you think? That's what I... No, no, no. Second round. Second round. You're right. You're right. But you know why, though? Because I think Wally West is is a better Flash than Jesse Quick. I couldn't remember. I I thought Wally Uh West was just the Flash in some iterations of the Flash, so I thought I couldn't pick him. Well, you know what? I said the Flash, and that's why I said Barry Allen right after, because there are different versions of the Flash that I... You know, I I thought that would have been fair to leave it open. Anyways... But I want to get some takes from Ryan on the upcoming prospects on the offensive line in this draft class. That'll be when we come back from break from the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We have Ryan Coyle here, Royal Red Legs on Twitter. Ryan, my first question is, I'd say the Bengals don't take an offensive lineman at number 11 in the first round. It's tight end, linebacker, quarterback, whatever they take. We go into day two without adding an offensive lineman to this team. Who are you looking at and saying, well, they got to get this guy for us to feel better about that position in 2019? It really depends on the route they want to go with the new offensive line coach, which is a whole nother story. But Garrett Bradbury, there's always a chance he falls to the second round there. Um, Center isn't always a position that goes in the first round, um, which if he's there, he's the obvious choice and they would be silly not to make it. And then you move Price to right guard. Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Some people have him in the first. Bengals pick 11th. He's not an 11th overall player, but second round, again, would be a mistake not to take him there. Then you got Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State. Plays yeah. inside on the offensive line. Can play him at center or guard. Not as uh, mobile as like Bradbury or even Billy Price would be, so you'd probably put him at guard if you're the Bengals. You know, then you go back further. You get Max Sharping from Northern Illinois, who's a mobile, athletic tackle, who's a big guy. You know, coming out of Northern Illinois, he's not going to get the most pub, I guess you say, and he won't always be there. And then a guy I personally like that I know a lot of people aren't as big on and all that, but he's a late round prospect. But I think he's got some big upside, and that's uh, Yalte Froholt out of Arkansas. 
He's a uh, Scandinavian player, came over to America in high school, I believe, uh, playing football. And he's a big guy, and he's got real power in him. His feet are heavy, and he's not the most mobile guy in the world, but he's a niche player, and you can find a spot for a guy like that in the NFL. He can play for some time. and I mean, you can watch videos of him, and he, he's got some torque in him. He'll throw guys down constantly. And if you're talking later in the draft, you get a guy like that, you plug him in a right guard for a couple of years, and you forget about him or whatever, but eventually you'll think back, like, I remember him. He was he was fun. He was good to watch. You know, I've got one more question, Jake, before you go. Um, I, it seems the consensus is starting to be that they really like the offensive tackle class this year. Do you feel the same way? I'm not as high on it as most people are, but I guess some of that could be being jaded from the last couple of times Bengals draft offensive tackles. Sure. But, yep. But no, I mean, like Jonah Williams is as good of an offensive tackle prospect as I think you can find. And Juwan Taylor is is a good player. I'm not sure if he's fits what the Bengals are looking to do at tackle, but we don't know that anymore. Andre Dillard, again, he fits more what you would expect if you're trying to run an offense that fits Joe Mixon. You know, he's an athletic, mobile guy who can get the linebackers, get that outside edge blocked. And Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State. He's, as, again, he's another great player. He play. He can probably play all five spots on the offensive line and play them well. So there's good players here. It's just I don't see this run of like top ten or fifteen tackles that everybody else sees right now. And another one is uh, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Good player. Not sure I buy him at tackle right now. He could play tackle. I have no doubt. But I think he's better as a guard. So it'd be a disservice to him and the team that drafts him to play him at tackle. I think. Yeah, I would agree. That's it's, a good it's taste. A, yeah, it's a Clint Bowling situation where Clint Bowling could play just about every spot on the offensive line and do it well, but you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not playing him at guard where he is a very good player because he goes out to right tackle for us or left tackle for us, and there's barely a drop-off usually. Right. You know, it's just how do you maximize a player? And I think to maximize Cody Ford, you're playing him at right guard. And the Bengals kind of have that luxury right now because they could potentially move price to right guard and draft a center or draft a, a tackle guard type and find out which which body's better at in their scheme and you know not every team has that luxury sometimes you may you may only have one open spot on your offensive line and you're kind of putting that guy in there and, and sinking or swimming with him yeah i mean that's a it's a good thing and a bad thing about having an offensive line that's a bit in shambles right now is right there's gonna be spots open for guys to play i mean nothing's written in stone we don't know what we have in christian westerman yet and he's been here how long? I mean, we got our best center play last year when Trey Hopkins was in. You know, there's there's options here. For sure. It'll be interesting to see how the new coaching staff handles Christian Westerman because, by all accounts, he's been the best player, and they're going to see that on tape. And it'll be interesting to see how they value those locker room aspects uh, versus Alex Redman, which got Alex Redman on the field. So, Ryan, before you go, if, if you're picking 11 for the Bengals – Let's start. What position are you targeting? Well, with the first round, you got to look at quarterback first. And if there's a quarterback you like, you take him. It's Then there's pass rusher, whether it's inside pass rusher like Ed Oliver, Quinnen Williams. Or you look at the edge, you got Montez Sweat, Clellan Farrell. You know, uh, I don't know how to say the man's first name, so I'm not going to try. But uh, Polite from Florida, which right. apparently if uh, our, we get their defensive coordinator, Grantham, uh, might be in play. So, you know, and then offensive tackle, I think. 
is the next spot up. And I don't like many people there other than Jonah Williams at 11. So then I think you move the linebacker. But I just have a hard time justifying a linebacker at 11 if there's a pass rusher still on the board. Because I think a pass rusher is just going to affect the game so much more than the linebacker will, even in the desperation level of the Bengals linebacker play right now. Is you look at the second, you look at this draft, and there are good linebackers that aren't going to be first rounders there. I'm sure. not sure you can say that about pass rushers. Sure. So if you had to give me your top three, what's your what's your top three Bengals picks? Uh, Realistically available at eleven. Yeah. It would be Jonah Williams, Ed Oliver, and then I would say out of what's realistic, Devin White from yeah. LSU. I get to that same scenario where the first two are easy for me, and then I get to, I guess, Devin White. Because I do love him on tape, but I start to factor in the positional value. And you, and it makes me wonder, well, then would I consider a tight end or, or a corner? or And, I, you know, I go all around the, the board before I'm, all right, I guess Devin White. Yeah, I mean, I could understand a corner. I would understand the pick. I will just be very, very uh... blah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you look at that. Another corner who won't play as a rookie, but he'll play a second year, and we won't address other. And I know you shouldn't draft for need. I just have a hard time believing that a corner will be the best player available by such a margin that it will erase. Like, I don't think there's a corner. Like, if Ed Oliver's there and there's a corner there, and the cornerback you have rated higher, how do you justify a corner who won't play? over Ed Oliver, who is going to be, you know, he's going to basically going to be a second starting tackle because you run out of the nickel permanently now, pretty much. Right. You know, and you're going to have Gino and are you going to have Billings or Glasgow in there? No, you're going to want Oliver in there instead because passing league. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Uh, if, if it is a full on rebuild plan, then you're looking a little bit long term, right? We don't care as much about, who's going to play in 2019. But good thoughts either way. It is still hard to justify to a fan base that wants a team to win, wants an entertaining team to watch, to get a guy that's going to sit again because they've done it so many times. Anyway, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. Even though you ended up with the worst team out of the three of us, I think. Uh, You can say that. You're wrong, (laughs) but you can say it. No, thanks for coming on, buddy. We'll see you again when we start to talk about offensive linemen in some depth. How about that? All right, sounds good. And for tomorrow's show, we will have our weekend mailbag where we'll answer your questions that you guys have sent us this week. And there's still time to send some in, so if you're listening right now, feel free to find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry or at Jake underscore NFL. And if you send us questions, we'll try to answer them, the best ones, have the best chance, and it doesn't have to just be football. It can be about anything. Last week we uh, rambled about Pokemon for a few minutes there. So send us whatever you like. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, 
every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.